Welcome to the I Hate Critics 1994 podcast. I am professional film critic Sean Patrick. With me is MJ. Hello. And Amy. Hi. Uh, Amy, the podcast is brought to you by Pontiac Fiero. <laughs> no funny taglines. No, there is actually. I just refused to read it because they sent it over and they said, please say this. And I said, I think that's disgusting. It's super racist this time. What's that about? I know. It's like, okay, well, you know what, Fiero? We might be changing our car. <laughs> Maybe we're going to sponsor the Pontiac Grand Am. <laughs> because the Grand Am isn't as racist as the Fiero. Yeah. The Fiero is only as racist as the person who drives it. Let's be clear. <laughs> You're only as racist as the car you drive. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, what, what do you think the minivan is on the racistness? I think it's just. Uh, I don't. I mean, there's a there's a Venn diagram of like Karens and vans and like racism. Yeah. And <laughs> then you got Fuzzy who drives a white van. Which I wish had no windows because I think it'd be funnier. It's so much funnier. I don't need no windows in the winter, man. No, that's I true. Freezing. That's true. <laughs> um, um, find yeah. us on, on the Facebook page that Amy occasionally remembers to update. I could tell you to go fuck yourself because I've been working on it all week. <laughs> Ye of little faith, both of you. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. If you go look at it, it it's quite inviting. Quite inviting. It's oh, right then. Quite inviting. And I've 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 done the thing that the kids do, which is pin a post. Pin a post. Wow. I pinned, I pinned two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, th those are on the trees outside your house. You. <laughs> no, no. This is on the information superhighway. <laughs> you mean the World Wide Web? The World Wide Web. I will give you the address. It's HTTP. <laughs> backslash. Backslash. Shut up. I'm glad I did it. <laughs> I'm going to switch over to, uh, to our, our Facebook, which, by the way, you'll notice has the hmm. correct name now. Uh, wow. You're blowing my mind. And a hot new... Pontiac Fiero shot. Look at, look, at, <laughs> look at how I pinned things. Look at that. Yes. Yeah. Oh, look at Jurgen. Looking all sexy there. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we should probably yeah. talk about the movie that we watched today. Yes, the movie is called Intersection. It is uh, starring Richard Gere, Lolita Davidovich, and uh, Sharon Stone, and the story of an intersection of lives and an intersection of cars. Oh, well said. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. profound, the intersection. It means, it means, Amy, tell us about the meaning of what an intersection stands for to you. Um, what does it mean in your world? Intersection? It's better than a C-section. <laughs> or, or getting sectioned. It's better than getting sectioned. Uh. <laughs> Do you prefer an intersection to a roundabout? That's true. I do. Actually, no. <laughs> yes, that's true. Because fuck roundabouts. <laughs> I would say. I, I oh, you just pissed off. You just pissed off your English friends. Oh, yeah. No, I think they hate them as much as I do. But you know what? I you know what I hate worse? A cul-de-sac. Oh, worst, worst ever. Because it ends with sack. 
<laughs> you need to stop moving because you're going to spill my pop. Sit still. <laughs> don't even breathe over there. I don't sit still. I move. <laughs> Intersection. This was crazy because Fuzzy and I, MJ and I, uh, the adult name, sorry. Yeah. Uh, we're sitting on the couch actually paying attention to this movie. It was really weird. Mm -hmm. Is that because I wasn't there? No. <laughs> because because mind you, we still have the asshole dog that's barking throughout everything. Seriously. Right. Really riling up today. Oh my God. But that happens every time you see Sharon Stone. Well, <laughs> and every blonde white actress in a movie. <laughs> Which is pretty much, God, we we need to get better movies, you guys. Honestly, um, but yeah, we, we were just kind of um, taken in with this film for whatever reason. It's weird. That is weird because I think it's a bad movie. It, it well, that, I I think it's yeah. I don't know if it's bad so much as it's um not good. <laughs> but also, but, but there's but like. I thought that there were some like redeeming like the women in this movie. I didn't hate for the first time. Yeah. Oh, that's because they barely exist. Go ahead. I'm oh, sorry, Andrea. Go ahead. I didn't hate a lot of the characters. Like honestly, I did not mind them. I thought that they were doing. I thought at least it was more realistic. Yeah. Um, a lot of the movies so far, like some of them have just been really unrealistic, but this is like, yeah, okay, people do shitty things and people don't always mean to mm -hmm. do shitty things. That's true. Like, yeah. I don't know. That's just what I got from that. No, that's because we talked about that too. It's, it's, um, not that they were greatly fleshed out these characters, but we, 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 with the, with the use of, uh, flashbacks which by the way drove us nuts it's like fucking whiplash like, with these dude, flashbacks which order you want these to go in yeah. please yeah well and that that and we're we're talking about a movie that apparently is happening while richard gear is ha having a car accident so he's having flashbacks within his life flashing before his eyes yeah that's like the whole point yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> well he's got a he, he's got a terrible screenwriter in his head <laughs> can, can I can I just say and 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 again MJ didn't get the reference will eventually um Richard Gere is an arrogant narcissist in this fucking movie and beyond that he just he was Neil Breening in this movie <laughs> He reminded me of Neil Breen his acting sometimes came off as Neil Breenish Wow that is that is boldly mean well, I mean, there was like I was telling MJ, it's like you know, this was the period of time where Richard Gere was considered to be one of the sexiest men alive. Yeah, he was. He was People Magazine's sexiest man alive. He was again. I, I don't see that. No, and I, I felt like he was kind of oily. Hmm. There was some sweaty stuff early on in the, in the credits. The minute it starts and Fuzzy's like, oh, I guess we're just going right into the moisture. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta hit us with the one-two punch right? so then they can get the rest of the movie done. Well, it's in every um, every one of Lolita Davidovich's um, whenever she, she signs a deal, she has to actually show her tits at some point. She has to. 
A tale so, of two titties, Amy. Tale of two titties, which actually <laughs> I would buy that porn. <laughs> I'm not ashamed. But one is one person's and one is another person's. <laughs> That's so great. Like you have a tit in, in the two different tits. <laughs> you only ever see one of each person. You don't just see the other one. <laughs> so it'd be Lolita's and, and Sharon's then. Yes. One of each. <laughs> oh my Thank god, it's so me. profound actually when you get down to it. <laughs> You know, that's what we pride ourselves on in this podcast. Yes. <laughs> We're very highbrow. So, so, so much. So this this movie is set within Richard Gere's mind as he's flashing back on his life as he's about to die in a car accident. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> yeah, thanks for letting us know now. If we flash back to him being in bed with Lolita Davidovich, uh, they have an insane interaction to start this movie that I had to write down because she's in bed and he's like screwing around, you know, writing stuff on her, on her, uh, typewriter <laughs> typewriter. But she, she wakes up and she says this, anyone home? Just us mice. <laughs> Which I was so floored by what the fuck kind of dialogue is this? Right. So I had to look it up. Like, is this a reference to something? Indeed, it is a reference to Tweety Bird and the Putty Tat. Oh, so Looney Tunes. <laughs> Sylvester and, and, and Tweety Bird, yes. But even it gets worse, though, guys. It gets worse because that reference is actually a reference to a racist cartoon about a black man hiding in a hen house. <laughs> When the when the farmer comes up and he, and the black man says and he says to anybody in there and he goes only us chickens. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't know if I'm. What is it? What what? Look at you! What? <laughs> there was there was a line from Doctor Who that was only us chickens. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. It was in my well. It was in my favorite episode of Nine, or my favorite like my favorite part of Nine, which is the end with um, Rose and Jack, and he's talking to the child with the mask on. Oh, and he's got, and the child is asking, "Are you my mummy?" And then the doctor says, "No mummy is here. Only us chickens." Uh, yeah, accidental racism once again. Well, I, well, I, I, again, I don't know if you should be embarrassed about all the, um, the, the info chasing that you did for this since it started <laughs> from intersection, but, um, or we should all just be sad that, that, that we, that that was even in this movie. It was just so, you're right. Like I noticed it's, right away. That like it's a it's, reference that I'm sure, like, obviously they didn't start the reference they're referring to Sylvester and Tweety, I guess. Right, they didn't start Which, the fire. What you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> Next time, I want you to just say it. Just say it. Yeah, they didn't start the fire. <laughs> they didn't start the fire. They just they just watched it burn. They just watched it burn. Yeah, like it's like, like we all white do. Every day. people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible people. Anyway. Yeah. So, but the the dialogue in this, especially early on, is just so strange. Like. So Lolita Davidovich is his new girlfriend. Sharon Stone is his soon-to-be ex-wife. Uh, so he's not cheating. It's not like he's he's a 
completely awful human being. He kind of is, but he's not completely awful because he has moved on from his wife and she knows that he's moved on. Right. Yeah. But so they, they're putting together a home together. He, they go to where he works, where he actually works with his wife, Sharon Stone. But as they're get as he's getting her a cab to send her away, Lilia <laughs> Davidovich says again. They they love saying things in movies. I think this is just a screenwriter thing where you want to say you want your di- you want your dialogue to stand out, but may- maybe you make it stand out too much. Like Lilia Davidovich says, you'd think with all of those bridges, you you guys would be willing to burn one once in a while. <laughs> I thought um, that was very. Which is, I guess is an architecture reference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, by the way, Richard Gere is an architect. <laughs> yes, he's an architect. <laughs> he likes, and, we, we kept remarking about that because we love tiny houses. So we were like, oh, this is great. This yes. is going to be a great movie. Well, well Amy, if only, if only we could shrink ourselves down to two inches, we could live there. Another oh line God. from this movie. Yeah, No, she asked if, if there was something <laughs> that they could drink that would shrink them down to two inches. <laughs> I, I did. Yeah, I, I did take note of that line. We remember that one. Yeah. Um, oh my god, this dog! This dog, yeah, it's the worst dog ever. I'm gonna put a pillow over his face. He's not the worst dog ever, you guys. And the more we talk about him like that, somebody's gonna call dog services and he's gonna be taken away from me. I feel like we would be taken away from him for our own safety. (laughs) Anyway, um, canine is a much better dog. I'm just saying. Yeah, he's the best dog. I love Canine. I, I thought he was talking about the movie Canine because he just said it was no. a good movie. And you're a fucking liar. Um. Anyway, back back to uh, what yeah. was the movie we were watching? Intersection. 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 Um. So basically, early on, we 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 see that, or we learn that Richard Gere, though he has Lolita, she plays Olivia. Um, in his life, and he keeps telling her like how much he loves her, but he keeps he's very hesitant. Like she's making all these plans for their future, and it seems like that's what he wants. But then we realize that he has this company with his soon-to-be ex-wife, mm-hmm. and he's not exactly that sure that he wants to leave his wife either. He's not mm-hmm. over, her. right? Clearly. But what is irritating to me is that. He he has the the audacity to be pissed off that Sharon Stone, his soon to be ex wife, might be seeing somebody. Yeah, and from some angle, I get it. I don't like. I was I was talking about this earlier that um, I get it from the angle of I don't want a random man around my kids or my kid that I haven't met. Right. But from just from her, no, you cannot be upset because. She found somebody else, right? Because it's over. Like you, you moved on. She can move on too. Well, I think that was the confusion, though, that we were having was that we had. It's like God, we had to sit through like how many more? Like we're just imagining how many flashbacks we have to sit through to find out <laughs> who's in the right. Yeah, you know. So I think that was the problem. Is like we there'd be these scenes of flashbacks, and then they'd be done, and Fuzzy and I are like whiplash. Uh, and then we're thrust into a different scene. So, do we like this person? Do we? Which one do we like better? Do we have to choose? You know, I mean, it, it was, it was just a lot. Well, so weirdly, 
it's a weirdly shapeless movie when you get down to it because you're sitting there kind of waiting for what actually the plot is going to be and there really isn't one Uh, because it's all about basically him trying to figure out does he still like his wife does he like his new (laughs) girlfriend more uh he says he loves her is he ready to move on and that's kind of a story but it's kind of like not (laughs) <laughs> it's 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 a lot of melodrama and a lot of lot of a lot of nothing in the end because who cares which one he picks honestly like these aren't these aren't great characters uh these aren't you know the like, the, the women are not very well fleshed out uh right. they the, especially like Sharon Stone gets so badly mistreated as the wife like first of all you got him being like super jealous of her trying to move on when he already has Right. Uh, but then he's like, is she his secretary? She's supposed to be his partner. He, she walks into the room and he starts dictating. Like she's she's come up with his schedule and he's like, you know, uh, he's like summoned her to his office and shit. It's like, is she the secretary or the partner? What is she? <laughs> yeah. It, it, well, I, I think that was the thing too. Like very, like right when we first see her, I looked over and MJ was looking at me and I'm like, the scene ended and, and MJ's like, Okay, that was weird. <laughs> yeah. It was a really weird situation. Like, their whole interaction just felt off. Mm-hmm. And um, the, at first, like, when she said dad, I wasn't sure whether he was, whether, who, she, I wasn't sure who she was. And then I wasn't sure uh, whether she was his sister. And I was like, <laughs> what is, that's okay, not that. And then it just, it, it went on and it was like, oh, okay, ex-wife. That makes more sense. But I was confused for a minute, and I was like, uh, okay, <laughs> sure. Who is, who is, who is Neil, other than, other than Dr. Exposition, who is Neil? Um, I, I, again, I thought at first maybe that was Sharon Stone's dad, but then I got that wrong when we saw the flashback of them being at the house. Right, because that's parents. her actual, her, they showed her dad right. in that scene, so who the fuck is Neil? Why, why the hell is Neil here? Nothing against Martin like, Landau, but... What the fuck is Neil doing here other than like it said exposition man? I think that's I think that's all it was. You know what? That's that's what I found was so weird was the scene where it's it's like right after they go and they're supposed to look at the um like they're looking at the architecture of a building. <laughs> um and Richard Gere's character is like screaming expletives at the people that he's building this building for, whatever. Yeah. And then we get down off the platform they're walking to the car and neil martin landau's character was like i think you're the one that's in trouble buddy he's like what do you mean he's like you need to pick which woman you want to be with or whatever like that like what are you talking about we were just in an argument with people that are owning a building and you're bringing this up like what what the fuck it was very confusing yeah he, he was accusing him of taking out his personal problems on their client well, I mean, isn't that what clients are for? <laughs> <laughs> Which the clients, by the way, had just a reasonable question about parking. They just wanted to have parking closer to the building. Which is not an unreasonable thing to say. <laughs> right. Something you might have thought I, about maybe before you actually start building the building. But, I mean, I get it. <laughs> yeah, it's you're, you're not asking for the moon at that point. <laughs> it's just, just some reasonable parking. That's all. Then your architecture, your architect just blows up at you because you want to park a little bit closer to the building. 
But see, that's see, that's why you want to hire him because he's he's he he blows his top. He's a no nonsense kind of guy. He's a very nineties architect, <laughs> and I feel like that's just normal. Yeah. Um. No, this I, and, I don't remember this exchange. Like, well, no, that's because one of the times that I don't remember because you and I were talking in the middle of it. Okay. That's why. Um, I was like, where is that part coming from? Oh, okay. I was also because I, I was looking up at the screen as we were talking. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, we tr- we tried to plug the HDMI from my computer into the TV so we could watch it on the big screen, mm-hmm. and instead, it was just a black screen. But it was on the com- it was on the laptop screen. But at least we got the sound from the TV. Yeah, it was really weird. <laughs> it was very weird. weird. I think Amazon decided that it was going to block the image, and it's just like okay. <laughs> Great, thanks. Yeah, but uh, all we all we needed was the sound, I guess. Yeah, sure, it, which was fine because there was so much um, of that kind of very '90s crappy score by oh, yeah. James Newton Howard. Um, so go- that came through with great clarity. Thank God. Yeah, I didn't find it terribly interesting, or in- but I didn't also find it very intrusive either. So I didn't, I didn't, I didn't clock that as much as you did, I guess. Well, obviously not. Um, the, the Martin Lando scene where he where he's yelled at the clients, and now they're going back to the car, and it, it ends with with Lando saying, "Architecture one hundred and one, buddy. Everything under one roof." <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't think that's how it works. Man, <laughs> right? Oh, that that was the that was what MJ said. Um, wait. So we're comparing love to architecture. <laughs> <laughs> you're comp- I mean life life is architecture when you get down to it. It's how you design your life that matters. Hey, you know, what is marriage without a solid foundation, guys? Am I right? Oh. Wow, Amy, that yeah. was that was profound. I I I I just need to drink again. I'm I'm missing wine like crazy right now. What can I say? <laughs> um Anyway, can I hit you in with another bizarre Lolita Davidovich uh, (laughs) interaction? What about which one? Because there's there's a lot. She shows up at work uh, after having left Richard Gere earlier on in the movie, and she goes to to where she works. She's a she's a writer uh, for for a magazine. Which magazines, MJ? They used to be this thing you would come in physical form and you could hold them (laughs) in your hands and read articles within them. <laughs> Look, if you grew up around us, plenty of magazines were to be had Since in this home. So many magazines in, in grandma's bathroom. <laughs> we had a lot of them in there. And on various services around her house. That's true. That is true. Good point. So she, just, she has this brief back and forth with her boss. She hands in her, her article for the month and uh, has this back and forth with him, and he, she's just like, you couldn't, ha-, and he's like flirting with her, and she's like, you couldn't handle me, and he goes, try me, and she goes, you sound like a phone sex ad. Yeah, yeah, and, and then that was it, we never saw that guy again. <laughs> yeah, yeah never, like, never again. <laughs> what was the point of this interaction? <laughs> I don't it was- know. It was but such he, a weird he line. Didn't, he didn't even say line. anything that sexy, like he didn't, <laughs> Like, it no. wasn't it wasn't even that great of flirting like it was really just it was really like you couldn't handle it yeah, try me <laughs> and then she goes you sound like a phone sex ad what 
See, and back then the phone sex ads were the pick up the phone. That was my favorite one. Um, <laughs> remember Misty? <laughs> pick up the phone. Oh um, God! Yeah, yeah. Look, <laughs> there's there's where my trauma comes from. Um, <laughs> this is a very horny movie, is what I'm saying. It it kind of is, but it's also like again, I just think that we spent way too much time on. On, on poor Richard Gere not being able to figure out which one he truly loves. And I didn't feel bad for him. Like, I wanted to kick him in the dick I don't know how many times. <laughs> really, fuck what it came you. down to is which one was going to fuck him. That was really what it came down to in the end. Like, yeah. Sharon Stone kind of doesn't want to fuck him as regularly as he'd like. Like, he won't. she won't uh, turn down a phone call to have sex with him. She won't have sex with him. She will have sex with him in, his parent, in her parents' house. During their introduction dinner, but not the way he wants to have sex with her. <laughs> and, <laughs> like I don't know, what you, you, I'm where's your parents' house? I want to bang your head off the headboard and scream. <laughs> I was like, what? No, she's giving and, you what you want, dickhead. Just, just go with it. But it was so like even we agreed. Like it was, it, it was, was so weird. It was so weird. And like, <laughs> oh my god, I have no idea how I, I would have been like, what are you doing? <laughs> she looked. She looked like she was like she was waiting for the bus and it was coming down the lane. She's just trying to get to that shit so she can go catch the bus. Yes. She's like, looking over the like, hey, hey, it might be okay, okay, just. And she keeps talking all through right, it. Like she's just like, yep, yep. Okay, is that working? Oh, okay. All right, all right. The the, the number no, four. I got, I, I got it. Go. I got it. I got it. I gotta go. <laughs> she kept looking up too. It was like she wasn't looking at him. She wasn't like closing her eyes. It was just like it was. She wasn't even there. No, she was, when she was concerned that her parents oh, might walk in. She locked the fucking door. <laughs> You're gonna be fine. Get your rocks off and then go back downstairs, or like, maybe find a more appropriate time to have sex. Maybe I'm not. I'm no, it seemed like she didn't. Well, if she didn't want. Two, then she should have just gone back out there. Well, yeah, because she did get up a couple of yeah. Like we actually thought she was going to leave the room. Yeah, we thought <laughs> she was going to leave the room, and then she locks the door, and we're just like, oh, oh, okay. And can we can we just talk about okay first first the, the breakneck pace of that fucking sex whatever the fuck that was <laughs> it was not sex it was not sex it was it, we, it was like a business transaction it was. I think you and I both like just felt really disappointed and sad inside <laughs> yeah. after it. Like, what did you? What? Did you was she, yeah. At the end of the sex scene, was she was she telling him to clean up and come down, or was she telling him to finish himself off? No, I think she she wanted him to clean up. But here's the thing: a she just got right on him, so she clearly had no underpants. Two, he's going to be sliding down her legs for like the next hour and a half, which really drove me nuts because that dress looked fucking expensive. Seriously, that was an expensive dress. No, honestly, I, there's, there's no way that character goes around without underwear. She just moved him to the side. There's she, just no she way. Like Barbie, she comes with underwear like the '90s Barbie. <laughs> That's like just built on you. That character, the way she played it, that character wears two pairs of underwear. <laughs> <laughs> so here, here's uh, here's one from uh, from Rotten Tomatoes. What are the PJ Nabarro says? Sharon Stone and Lolita Davidovich's characters are essentially just nauseating ciphers built around Richard Gere's incredibly narcissistic and leniently portrayed architect. Yeah, that's but, pretty accurate. But see, here's where I disagree with that because the, both MJ and I found like that we sympathize with both women. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, and that we actually we didn't hate the women of it all. Okay. You know, like 
but they are thinly they are thinly drawn. I mean, that's, that's okay. right. But like, okay, so somebody says here, Stone deserves some points for playing a recognizable human being, while Davidovich fare less. Uh, with a, well, in an un- underscripted part, but what sabotages the story altogether is Gears' boundless narcissism. See, I said this, and everybody <laughs> agrees with me. <laughs> Because I'm right. <laughs> I, w- I will say this, you know, in terms of like recognizable tropes and such that mm-hmm. you know, it would normally bother me. Like, here's a guy who is about who's married to Sharon Stone and having sex on the side with Lolita Davidovich. And I'm like, I would not believe this if it were anyone other than Richard Gere, because with Richard Gere, I kind of buy it. Like, I kind of get it. <laughs> Yeah, like I can look at that and go, that guy could do that. Like when Adam Sandler does that, and it's like, you're, you're supposed to believe that Sandler, like Jessica Beale, finds Adam Sandler sexy, or yeah. Kate Beckinsale finds Adam Sandler sexy. Like, there's just no fucking way that works. But no, Richard Gere does this, and I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, I kind of get it. <laughs> <laughs> Adam yeah. Sandler having that done is kind of like how, how, how real Sharon Stone's hair looked <laughs> with extensions. Very similar. In comparison, and that drove me nuts too. After that sex scene, and her hair's all disheveled, and it's like, love, you gotta brush that hair. We you all know. Fix. We all know. <laughs> or at least, like, give it another like two tracks. Like, make it thicker in the back, so we can't just see that it looks like you're just basically taping on a, a rat tail to the back <laughs> of her head. And then they keep tying it up, twisting it up, and, and like putting it next to her head like a little cinnamon roll. And I, I don't just oh, don't. They did keep doing well, that. They kept they? doing it. It drove me fucking nuts. And then there's a scene where like the entirety of the scene is centered, like all you can see in the scene in the in the bathroom where he's trying to have sex with her is her hair. That's all you yeah. can see. It's the it's yeah. front and center, just just there for the entire scene. Okay, but again, here's the here's the believability rating and how it goes down in that scene because again. If he was, in fact, not to me, but to everybody else, the sexiest guy on the planet, how the fuck would she dare to take a fucking phone call when he's trying to get at her right there? I mean, yeah, I I just that was a weird scene. It's sort of because I guess it portrays she's portrayed as being very cold. Yeah. Movie, which I don't think is necessarily a fair description of the character. It's his perspective of the character. But mm-hmm. but he's also so horny that he needs sex at every minute of the day. Apparently, I mean I I'm so all for anyone, that. Anyone is going to come off frigid compared to him, <laughs> except for Lolita. Because yeah, I don't think she, she does. She no. I really I did think that it was. I I didn't th- I. I the way that he played it felt more like he was in love and she wasn't. And that that's how I thought it was. And then mm-hmm. th- then him and the other girl, though, they... They seemed like, like they actually they were, were in, love. in love. Yeah. Right. Well, they had, they had sexual chemistry, like, yeah. But, I no, I, I thought their relationship, like, it looked like he really did love her. It looked like she definitely loved him. It came off that way. Like... I, I can't fault the movie later, but yeah. like, I think that they were one of those kind, one of those couples that like they grew apart because of business life. And, yeah. And then they were like, and then it was like, they didn't like, she, she he kind of want, he kind of seemed like he wanted to get back to that. And she wasn't moving there yet. Yeah. 
wasn't ready to go for that. Yet. Yeah. She just wanted to be where they were at. She mm-hmm. was fine with it. And he wanted more, it seemed like. Yeah, because she even, you know, he, he would be nice to her. And she's like, yeah, don't do that. You know, it's just kind of disingenuous when and you say she, shit like that. But she she also started things and then stopped that. Like that, She that gave him a sinus headache she massage. Was like literally back there. And all he did was grab her hand. And then she's like. No. Well, well, his head's already resting in the, her tail of tooth titties right there. Yeah, and, she was, and she was literally like rubbing her hands down his chest. Yeah. And then says something suggestive and then takes it all back and walk like and backs that, away. That was what I had whiplash. Remember? It was because like, like that she goes that and- all happened real quickly. <laughs> it was a 180. It was like <laughs> How did you get from here to here? And she's like, she's crying, but then she's also saying stuff like, um, you used to be funny once. And then he says something kind of funny as she's walking out. She's like, there it is. And then she just walks out and I'm like, what was that scene? What happened there? God. I don't know. This movie. Yeah. So... It's again, again, you know what? A, uh, we forgot to do um, shout out to little Jenny Morrison. I love her so much, except you know, she you know didn't have very much to do in this movie, but I still love seeing her. Yeah, she's a child, you know, she's a little kid in the movie, and she's adorable. She does that very well. I loved, yep. I loved how excited she was to see her dad in ballet class, that was adorable. Yep. That's my dad. <laughs> that's that's one thing that I did like about him, though. Like, he really seemed interested in his daughter. Yeah. Like, he really genuinely seemed like, yeah, I'm g- I, I care about her, and I want her to be healthy. Like, he mm-hmm. wanted her to eat, and, like, he was interested in listening to the things that she says, and, like, I I can't get my dad to listen to the things that I'm saying. <laughs> like, Daddy? maybe my bar is just low, but, like, it seemed Nice. It's low. They were, for a, they were <laughs> a meal, and I and he was listening to her talk about. Things. Here's what bothered me is that though I mean like there's a sandwich right in front of her. Who ordered it? Did he <laughs> order that for her? Probably. Okay, but don't do that, Dad. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite line was that she's like, "No, I, I had a big meal before that. What would you would you eat? An apple." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I totally I've been there. I've been there. <laughs> but uh yeah, I, I agree. It, I think that was the the only time he was likable was when he was, you know, when it came to his daughter. Yeah, because he didn't he made mistakes. He did shitty things, but he still wanted to be a good dad. Right. Like, yep. I agree. To the point where he was actually going to blow off time with Davidovich to actually go be where his daughter was for Easter. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. and I didn't like the way that she was just like she was kind of iffy about it, and I'm like, okay, dude, he's lit- he wants to spend time with his daughter. You don't get to get angry about that. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. At the same time, he should have worked a little bit harder to try and integrate her into his life if that's what that's that's if that's what they're going to be if that's what they're going to yeah. do if he's de- well, if he's actually committed to this he should be trying t- harder to integrate like. When when D- Davidovich had to do all the work, like he does introduce her to his daughter eventually. They have right. a lunch together. The daughter is being kind of bitchy because you know she doesn't want this woman in her life, which is understandable. Right. And, right. and he makes Davidovich do all the work in that scene. Yep. All the <laughs> heavy lifting. To her credit, she jumps right into it and does, yeah. you know, win yeah. the daughter over. But at the same time, he does nothing to help. No. No. 
And it, it shouldn't have gone south. Although, imagine there is just one thing: is that um, you don't want to force a relationship with someone. Mm-hmm. You want it to happen more naturally, especially in a situation like that. You do not want to push them into that because if you, it it will only cause them to resent you if you try to push them into having a relationship with someone that you just started dating. Hey, Sean, like, it just. <laughs> I think MJ has a point. Do you remember that very first Christmas that Dad brought Donna over? Oh dear God! Let's not talk about our personal lives here. <laughs> because that's where my head went right there. It's like you don't want to push. MJ's telling me it's like, yeah, I know. I remember that. <laughs> it's a horrible feeling. But uh, at the same time, a lot time, of people have been through this. Yeah. She, yeah, but I, I'm talking about me. <laughs> um, but I think she, yeah, she she handled that quite well. Yeah, I think in that in that scene. So I'm, I'm just saying he didn't. <laughs> yeah, no, because he didn't deal with anything. <laughs> true, at all. Very true. Until, until he got, until he was given a, a sweet role by a little girl, and then he decided what he wanted. <laughs> it is a very odd way to find out. Like, hey, I want this, or yeah, make, because make your la- make the biggest decision, one of the biggest decisions of your life, based on a sweet role. Because <laughs> <laughs> this little girl just like my. My girlfriend, if she were little, I, I didn't get that. I did not understand that. She looked like the daughter that the two of them would have together. Okay, I didn't put yeah. that together at all. You didn't? No. Oh, yeah. No. Well, she looked like, yeah, that's what she looked like. She had red hair, red hair, and she was little. I also watched the movie, and that still went right over my head. I'm like, so you want to date your girlfriend's childhood doppelganger? I, I didn't know where he was going with that. We're almost to, to that here then. Uh, he writes a letter to Davidovich essentially saying, give up on me. I give up on you. I don't, we can't do this. It's not going to work. It's too hard. Find somebody right. who doesn't have a history, what he, which is like, what the fuck kind of yeah. dumb shit? You're in your 40s. I think it's going to be pretty fucking hard at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Find someone who doesn't have a fucking history. Um <laughs> But he writes this letter and he's thinking about sending it. He's at this like Canadian drive through place that's both a post office and a general store. (laughs) He's going to send send the letter to her and, you know, be a coward and run away. Uh, And then he sees the little girl and and he decides that he's in love with her. So he calls her and he leaves a message on her phone telling her that he's in love and to meet him at this place. And it's very much, you know, 1950s (laughs) affair to remember shit about to happen. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, you almost knew it like right away. Oh, it's like the it's like the bike scene in City of Angels at that point. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> you know what's gonna happen. Don't get Second on the Meg bike. Ryan's on a bike. You just know <laughs> there's a semi coming. Uh, <laughs> Magic. The <laughs> uh, City yeah. of Angels. Go see it. Uh, <laughs> or don't. <laughs> You don't have to. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he, he then goes racing off like a fucking asshole. Yeah. Oh, seriously, he was driving way too fast. Like, dude, you do not need to do that. No. That was not necessary. Nope. To put no, if he's driving the speed limit, he's not going to get himself killed like a dumbass. <laughs> but he does. <laughs> but he's, that's our introduction to him. Driving this super nice car, going super fast, like... This is not a great way to introduce your character. He just looks like a dick. Yeah, and we I, all hate him already. 
Yeah, he's a douche. He's a fucking. He's a rich, overprivileged asshole at a Mercedes. Like fuck this guy. (laughs) Hey, hey, fuck this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but yeah. So there's a van in the road. He's going 80 miles an hour. He's gonna just try and drive around it. But then there's a semi coming, and so he slams on his brakes and. I guess Mercedes don't have great brakes and <laughs> they can't stop for shit. Right. Well, not to mention there's like, it's not just one. It's not two. It's three <laughs> vehicles that he manages to fuck shit up with. Yeah. Um, and here's, here's the thing. And again, mm-hmm. I maybe I, we might be too soon for this, but I don't think we are. We're getting to, since, since we all know that this film exists for, you know, just via flashbacks and, um, you know, just gears narcissism all the way throughout the movie. <laughs> right. We get to this point where I think the movie, had he just gotten killed in the car and the movie went to black and it was over, I might have liked this movie. Seriously? It just had to keep going. But then it just had to fucking keep going. It's like we had to watch the accident in slow motion, one. Then we had to watch it actually happen in, in, in actual time, two. Then we have to watch him go to the fucking hospital. And then we have to watch him, you know, in all of these like after, like, you know, afterlife kind of things that were happening. Like, just can he, can we just let him go? Just, just <laughs> let him go. <laughs> the but whole point of the on. movie is what happens at the end between Sharon Stone and Lolita Davidovich. You have to have that scene. That's the that's the point of the film. Strongly disagree. <laughs> but before we get to that, while he's having these flat, while he's while he's at the hospital, there's this scene right where he's he's having all these like visions of his life, uh, and he's like having a vision of his family, you know, floating away on a boat, and there's and then there's Lolita Davidovich comes swimming up to him naked. And he decides to follow her down into the depths. Yeah. Somebody put on on IMDb this as trivia for this movie. And I find this to be fucking hilarious as an observation. Vincent, while in purgatory, follows his girlfriend down the water thinking he chose her. But he didn't realize that he's that that is how he dies. Going down in the darkness in purgatory means he died and went to hell. Being an an unfaithful man to his wife and girlfriend, going up to the light in this case means he would have lived choosing to be with his wife and daughter. (laughs) When in fact, he wouldn't have chosen his girlfriend. Uh, He would have went to hell. I guess he went to heaven if he got back to his wife and hell when he went with his girlfriend. So if you you have to be married and have a child to go to heaven, you you don't. You go to hell. Wait, so oh. did some youth pastor write this? Because <laughs> it sounds very youth pastory, doesn't it? It does. For All sure. All the youth pastor energy there. <laughs> Look, you're giving off some severe youth pastor energy right now. <laughs> oh, no. Don't do it. <laughs> He's not actually a youth pastor, but everyone says he looks like a youth pastor. Oh, yeah. I think if you have the look of a youth pastor, you should probably just be a youth pastor. Get it over with, you know? He's a good youth pastor. He's a comedian. It's like on IT Crowd when they saw the guy that that they thought looked like a magician. Yes. (laughs) And they tried to be a magician. Look like a magician, and I just I can't get. What if I learn some magic tricks? <laughs> <laughs> that make it better. And no. he tries, and she's like, "It's just I'm not sorry. working. It's, it's, it's not, not working. Work 
look like a magician. I need you to be a magician. Oh, driving instructor. God damn it. <laughs> Fuck Graham Linehan, but God damn it. I love that show still. Yeah. Got anyway, any good digressions on, on this? A good digression on this film? Yeah. Or on this podcast? Well, we usually digress into something. What are we going to digress into? Oh, that's right. So you, my mm. friend, which mm. I'm thrilled about, has decided to go back and watch all of the Doctor Who's. Well, yeah, it, for the most part. You know, I, I discovered this channel on, on my Roku that is just nothing but 24-hour-a-day classic Doctor Who episodes. Really? They just show them on a loop mm-hmm. <laughs> in between some of the worst commercials you've ever seen in your life for their other Roku channels. I if I it. hear about Jessica Alba and her renovation show one more time, I swear <laughs> to God, I'm going to go insane. Uh <laughs> Emerald has a channel, so they're taught that commercial comes up constantly. Then these guys who like make Lincoln log houses, they have their own channel, I guess, and they're driving me insane. But nevertheless, regardless, <laughs> yes, I am watching old Doctor Who episodes. And so far, like, tell me this though. I think I think you were talking about this. They don't they don't show the first three Doctors. Yeah, they skipped right over them. Yeah, they, they once they finished off with uh, the the seventh Doctor, they bounced all the way back up. But then they didn't go back to first doctor. They went back to the fourth doctor and started over again. <laughs> Which I don't get because Troughton and Pertwee are two of like the most important doctors. That is just so weird to me. Yeah, it's bizarre. Uh, I mean, they you would think they I mean, because they because they talk about like the channel even mentions having seven faces, seven doctors. And it's like, oh, great. They'll show off seven. Nope. <laughs> no, you're just going to see what three <laughs> Whatever you get, um, yeah, four. Yeah, you get four of them. Four, yeah, yeah. What we want to give you? Do you have a uh, a favorite uh, between four and seven? Um, I really need to give five another look before I say for sure. I know I hate. I know I hate six. Fuck that guy. He sucks. <laughs> Colin Baker. <laughs> Colin Baker sucks balls. That guy's awful. <laughs> Dressed like a fucking clown. Just a complete dick to everybody. <laughs> Fuck that guy. That's so funny. He doesn't That's... even have canine. Like, go no. away, dude. No. And then again, canine. you have you, canine, the whole... best character on Doctor Who, by the way. I thought you said canine was irritating you. No, no, I love canine. Oh, okay. I can't. Um, I, didn't I just tell you that controversial opinion that canine's the best character? I thought you were talking about the movie with John, with Jim Belushi. <clears throat> no. I no, really I did. I was like, what, what is happening here? <laughs> I'm in a thread with you talking about nothing but Doctor Who. <laughs> and and I you, mentioned canine and you don't know what I'm talking about. I thought you were talking about the film with Jim Belushi. I swear to God, you did. I did. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's really controversial, dude. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and then I just let I, I, I left it because <laughs> you left it. And I'm like, well, I guess um, we guess we're just going to leave that there and not talk about that. So it turns out you were actually talking about K9 from Doctor Who. That's what I yeah. Thought. I thought it was K9 from Doctor Who. Shut up, you did not. I did. I literally said <laughs> I don't even know what that other thing is. It's a horrible movie with Jim Belushi. That's all I'm telling you. No Why would I drop I couldn't even know that it was something different. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I drop that non sequitur into our conversation about Doctor Who? There's Sean? literally a, a character called K9. But our whole life Lots of non sequiturs. I don't know if you've met me. That's all we do is non sequiturs most of the time. 
most of the time. For fuck's sake, you people. But yeah, I love K9. He's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what? K9, as much uh, too, too often they do, the doctor does kind of use that. Uh, the writers do kind of use K9 as a, uh, a god and machine sort of character. Yeah. To kind of fill in, you know, to do things that the doctor needs done at any moment. So he's kind of all purpose a little too often. Well, but I like it. But he also fills in like things that when that are that are necessary that would make you make things understandable. Like, you know, why does the doctor leave the TARDIS unlocked? Well, he's got canine in there. Canine can fight somebody off if he needs to. Like canine can, you know, shoot somebody if they come into the TARDIS. It makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, does everybody remember school reunion? Oh, I just watched that the other day. And he, he he blows up the crillitanes of the school blows up and then Sarah Jane cries because K9 was in there. Oh, and then he builds her a new K9. Oh, I love <laughs> I love school reunion so much. It's a good one. Yeah, it's a great episode. Um Yeah, so uh, again, I I'm, I'm just thrilled that that you went back because a lot of people don't do that and I just for me, it's so much fun to like like for you. I know especially now that you know you know who Mel is. Mel working at Unit now. You have the history of Mel and that horrible hair she had back then. Um, <laughs> I got to see the pool for the first time. Got to see the pool, which again you won't see again. You'll just hear about it. Um, <laughs> do you remember when they when they? So there's a pool in the TARDIS. You know that, yeah. Because remember when Eleven. He yeah, falls he's in, like, fell in the, fell in the pool, pool. <laughs> and she's and he's like, "There's a pool, there's <laughs> 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 <It was> a library." <laughs> but again, you don't you don't really see too much about that. So, or they really need to they really need to have Shooty explore the TARDIS one time, just <laughs> finding all the rooms. Yeah, and not make it like um, uncomfortable, like when we're exploring the TARDIS with everybody else, and they keep getting like going in like circles. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Amy and Rory did it, and then Clara and Eleven did it. Oh, I didn't know that they did this. Oh, yeah. It was creepy. Yeah, it was Clara who was wandering around the TARDIS, and all the various different versions of the Doctor were there because she'd walked into his time stream. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, we need to go back and watch all that again, I think. (laughs) Fuzzy Fuzzy needs a refresher. I haven't watched... I don't remember a lot with Clara. I remember the, the... important things where like she was throughout history. I remember those things. And then I remember a little bit after that, but not much. Do you remember the first episode that she was on where the, the spoon heads remember? Yes. Okay. Cause that was awesome. That was one of my favorite, the bells of St. John, one of my favorite episodes. We need to bring back the candy man. The candy man needs to return and be a character on this show. The candy that that again, people always make fun of uh old Doctor Who when it comes to the villains and how they look. One of my favorites is from Ark in Space, and you could tell it's it's bubble wrap, just spray painted green. It cracks me up every time I see it. <laughs> I watched it when I, the, where the villains were there. I guess they it wasn't their full persona, but they were like projecting themselves onto the planet, and it was just mylar, just kind of shaking yeah. the mylar. Straight up, Marlar. <laughs> Say when you're watching it, did you um, have you happened across the episodes with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's parents? No, I don't think so. Okay, you if I did, I didn't notice. So his mom was—I uh, think she was on two different Doctors. One of them was was McCoy later on, um, and then also Emma Thompson's mom 
Philida Law was also in a couple of Doctor Who episodes that you watched that you probably didn't realize. Hmm. Yeah, so, no, I probably I didn't. I would not have noticed that. No, I I'm just a wealth of fucking knowledge over here. It's not my fault. <laughs> I was just watching so. one today, and I can't remember the name of the villains, but they they had these giant heads, and they were like they were invading a planet. Uh, there was supposed to only be one of them, but then he was bringing over all of his friends to, to destroy the planet. Um, and they just had these giant heads that looked like dog heads. <laughs> yeah, you're you're still you're McCoy still, right? No, no, no. I mean, I'm back in four now. Well, you're back in four. Oh, okay. So you're, so he's. Uh, that's Leela, isn't it? Uh no, it's Romana two. Oh, it's Romana two. Oh shit. <laughs> Yeah, I'm talking about a villain you don't rem- remember. Ha ha. Oh, please. I've watched them so many times. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, just give me a minute and I'll, I'll think of it. But I know, I know. MJ, are they searching? Is Amy, is Amy searching for something? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm actually not. But I do need, I, it's going to drive me nuts if I don't see it. Uh, Seth and Tila, Tika? He saves Seth and Tika, or Tika, Tika says that Seth saved everybody, but it was really the doctor that did it. It was the doctor that did it. God damn it. I need to go back and watch, watch my Tom Baker again. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, oh, fuck off. Romana 2 was my favorite, and you didn't even know who Romana was before all this shit. <laughs> Look, I'm the expert. You're, you're the newbie. Good, good for you. Fucker. I love that she just she just regenerates and just like doesn't even tell him. She just wanders onto the TARDIS just, as someone else. Just, <laughs> no like, explanation. Just... Well, well, okay. So you know, behind the scenes, Baker and Lala Ward were dating. Oh, no. Yeah. So it's they were dating, and then um, when she went to leave the show, um, they were splitting up. Uh yeah. So that's why they and it was it was time to bring on uh somebody else because and then so here's the thing. So they bring on Leela, right? And Louise and Tom do not get along at all. <laughs> Couldn't stand each other. And it, it, you can kind of tell here and there because he's not nearly as nice to her as he <laughs> has been to, to previous assistants. So I then it, I thought it went. I thought it went Leela Romana Romana two. Oh no, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. No, no. I think I'm right about that. Leela was right after Sarah Jane. I think it was Romana after Sarah. It's Leela Romana Romana two. Okay, so regardless, he didn't get along. (laughs) No, listen, this is true. He did not because I I read his biography. Yeah, yeah, this is true. He he did not like Louise Jameson. However, years later. They started to work on Big Finish together, and now they're they're thick as thieves. They're super super cool with each other. He didn't really um, get along that well with Mary Tam, who played Romana One, and again, that's why they brought in Romana Two. So, and at that point, Tom was just kind of like, let's face it, he was the doctor that was on there the longest until Tennant came along, but he was starting to feel like everybody looked at him like an old timer, and that's why he chose to leave. Mm. So, but he's still one of my. He's he is probably my favorite doctor, easily. I only get to see one like four episode series of Davison, and I really like to see more of him. Yeah, there's one with Martin Clunes, um, and Tegan gets uh, possessed. 
and uh, <laughs> by a snake. Um, by a snake. Well, it starts with a K, and now I can't think of it. But it, it's it's a it's a great arc. I love mm-hmm. it. So yeah, you definitely need to see that one for sure, for sure. Yeah, Tegan's you need. Hot, you need to I love Tegan. Like, whew, that's a good looking Tegan woman. Tegan is hot, totally Tegan. hot. She can be really annoying though because she whines all the time that she wants to get oh, off the TARDIS, but get the bitch the won't get off the TARDIS. What's, what's John Nathan Turner is like doing more? It seems like they get more sexist. Oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And he he took it in like such a a direction, and and he was just kind of an asshole. <laughs> so, um, and yeah, once it was kind of his, his baby. And that, that's also when Tom, uh, Baker kind of knew this is going to be a whole new school of Doctor Who. And I, I don't think I'm, I'm the one for it. So, yeah, well, I'm just glad that you're watching them. One day, Fuzzy will go back and watch them all as well. Mm, but you will. Yeah, I, I, I can't. I you're can't gonna get old it. one day. Do you're gonna be like in your 40s, and you're like, okay, now I'm gonna go back because you're gonna have all the time in <laughs> the world. You say that you're not going to. That's so cute. It's just, it's just because I don't like. I really, I don't like old. Um, oh, old things. The, the costumes. I don't like the way that they don't look modern. Don't look like a real the thing. That's that is the most my brain. Gen Z whatever you say. I don't care. Oh my god. <laughs> Just that very is the charm. I love those costumes. Those are fucking hilarious. I know. I fucking I want those back. They're I want them to come back and use them again. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Just, just putting, just putting random stupid shit on people's heads. Like, yeah. I get the back end of a car. I'm going to put it on the top of this dude's head. Well, I mean, the, what is this? My mom doing this? <laughs> the exhaust just wrapped around the front to his nose, like. <laughs> I I I totally forgot what I was going to Look, say. Looking like a sixth grade pageant, it's great. I, you know what? And again, it's stuff like that that inspired people like Joel Hodgson to put together the the satellite of love. You know, you just take found objects <laughs> and make them. Noel Fielding did it too for Mighty Boosh and uh, for luxury comedy. Just when it found objects and you just make them into something, and you've got art. It's awesome. It's brilliant. Uh, Linkara on YouTube does yep. that brilliantly yep. with his with his uh, arcs on his show. He's it's hilarious what he's able to do with just found found nonsense that he puts together. Absolutely, very cool, very cool. So, what's our movie next week? Car fifty four. Where are you? Oh, fuck. <laughs> so this is a night. <laughs> explain 1950s. it. Explain to NJ because NJ's got to know. This is a 1950s TV show. Uh, there was a cop show uh, that had uh, about two cops, and they had a theme song that said, Car 54, where are you? And that was the whole thing. And That's <laughs> I, guess it. They were, I guess they bumbled. They were bumbling. Well, just like, you know, and for some reason in the 90s, um, we had obsessions with shows that were like, especially 50s, 60s, and 70s. In the 90s, we were going back and watching all these old shows, so they were popular on, like, Nick at Night. Car 54, Where Are You was one of them. Um, oh, it was horrible. Let me, let me tell you about my favorite. There, there are two favorites that I have from the 1950s that are just, you're not going to believe these actually exist. They do. One was called The Flying Nun, oh, where yeah. it was a nun who literally could fly. Sally Field. Yeah. <laughs> 
I remember that. I remember hearing that yeah. in Friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yep. But but the best whatever, the best my whatever is car. my mother the car. And he was going to say that. A guy's mother died yes. and went into his car and became his car and would interact with him as his car. Mind you, this is all going on at a time where a show called Mr. Ed was so popular, which is a talking <laughs> horse. The 50s, I, they were all on ayahuasca, I swear to God, back then. All just like tripping balls and, and writing shows about talking horses and flying nuns. Boomers are fucking weird. They're just fucking weird. Weird, I agree. <laughs> God, this movie's going to suck. I really look forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> John C. McGinley and David Johansson. And we like McGinley. We like David Johansson a little bit. Oh, because he was in New York Dolls. That's sad. <laughs> and then he did this. There's well. a backstory to this movie, too, that I can't wait to tell you about. You're going to love it. I'm I'm excited about that. I really but, am. Uh, final thoughts on Intersection, MJ. Uh, I don't know. Didn't hate the it. movie you watched today. Uh, it was. It was a movie. That's yeah, what we said when it was over, it, it was a movie. We, we we both were like, you know, it was definitely a movie. It's definitely. It wasn't. It wasn't anything other than a movie. That's so true. You put that so well. That's true. I know. Yeah. I, I'm feeling profound. Yeah. Today. But you know what? We don't. We didn't hate it. Like we didn't hate it. We just didn't. Didn't. It was a movie. It was a movie. It was a movie. I certainly don't have the vitriol for it that I have for like you know, Mrs. Doubtfire, that piece of garbage, or uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot of it. Like it would it would rank pretty high in in 1993, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Compared yep. to the trash fires of '93, this isn't that bad. It's not good, <laughs> but hey, it's not 1993. <laughs> God. That's so true. I, I really am, am putting my fingers, you know, together, like just crossing them going, maybe 94 won't be so bad. And then I tell you we're watching Car 54, where are you? And then you're like, <laughs> maybe it will. But <laughs> maybe. At the same, I, I, you know, I've been watching, like I said, I, we talk about this a lot, but I've been watching a lot of MST with uh, all the commercials. And I'm seeing yeah. all the trailers for um, movies in 94. And I'm like, oh, wait till we get to that piece of shit. I cannot wait. So we've got a lot of them coming. I can't wait. All right. Uh, Amy, our show is brought to you by the Pontiac Fiero. It's the only car with carpet on the roof. <laughs> oh, depends on what kind of carpet you're talking about. <laughs> oh, does, does it match the does it match the mud flap? The drapes? I don't know. <laughs> Pontiac Fiero. We've got drapes on the windows. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Pontiac Fiero. Yep. That's all. Terrible. Terrible move. Terrible. Awful. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I don't know how to end the show now. Uh, <laughs> check out our Facebook, please. It is updated. We update it as soon as we get uh, the videos. We also post Sean's written reviews from vocal media on there so you can read it before you listen to us bitch about it yeah i'll have intersection done sometime <laughs> once you get power if back ever, if i ever get power back which i still haven't <laughs> sounds good we'll see you next week for car 54 fuck you <laughs> goodbye bye